Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Eric. And you are due for a sharpening. Zams. Getting a little off topic already here. We don't. We're, <laughs> we're not on a topic. How do we get I off am of it? Longingly looking in the corner, seeing my hockey sticks, realizing I have not played in way too long. Yeah, well, like hockey. I mean, I haven't played hockey in way too long. Right. You play yourself every day. Right. Yeah. I'm, shit, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. which I we can edit that with... out for youtube is it what i we had a meeting earlier about youtube and editing and pretty sure oh, yeah. i heard most of it no we're currently recording for your only fans the youtube thing comes later oh sure right so keep keep going do we have a uh, evan we have the you know the yeah and the down, 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 down. <laughs> do we have a cricket button? Yeah. Well, no, I don't that's mean. A good idea. I don't mean like. Let me work on that. You know, oh, I got infected with the thing. Came with the trash can. It was a whole ordeal. Not that kind of cricket button. I was gonna say instead of the crickets, we just have a clip of Danny DeVito saying "dead air." Yeah, dead air eating crackers. Right. But no, really, I need to get. Um. There's. There's late hockey at the non-college arena, which is not an arena. It's called that. Right. Uh, it's a rink. <laughs> so, yeah, Tuesday at like 9.30 to 11 at night. So I'm going to jump Oof. on that. I know it's a tough one, but I don't work Wednesday. So, yeah, that's true. So that, that helps big time. Yeah, I got to find a time that I can, I don't know, <laughs> take a day off of work so I can go play at 8 a.m., Oh yeah. Because otherwise I'm totally screwed. I'm not driving yeah, all the way tough, to Appleton dude. just to play. That's tough. Yeah, I saw um did you listen? So Eric was at the cabin again this past weekend, which is today. Uh, mm. did you mom called last night and they sounded like like she sounded like she was peaking. She was oh, laughing really? in such a way. And I think it's just because when her and Aunt Kelly get together, like oh, that yeah, brings it so out funny. in her. Mm-hmm. But they, when I answered the, because we were hanging out, B and I, that's my fiance. Um, mom called, and it's like if mom calls on a Saturday night at like ten seventeen, there's a chance that something is wrong. So that's why I answered it. Not that I don't right. want to talk or to she's, mom. It's just or like, she's on one for sure. Yeah, right. So it was just to talk to me with everybody else hooting and hollering in the background. They were on their way back from Jim's cabin, Yeah, which is down the road from our cabin at night. But she was like, yeah, we listened to the Red Wing game on the radio. I'm like, oh, don't tell me anything. And she's like, yeah, it was a bummer, which she's so quick in that. So right. I meant to ask you, did you listen to the Red Wing game on the radio with everybody? Yeah, we, we had it on at camp, and then we I brought my phone over with the radio app on it to okay. Jim's place, too. So you at least know what happened. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, mom's quick on that, like hiding it, you know. Yeah. 
Oh, it was a tough. There was there was a feeling. That, it was a tough game to listen to though because um, Ken Cal, the radio announcer for the Red Wings, I guess just had a surgery of some kind. Yeah. So he's on hiatus for a bit, and they I think they brought up the Grand Rapids guy and. At one point, I was like, this dude is higher than a kite. Like, what the hell is he talking about? He's talking about <laughs> Milwaukee, and it's two to one. We're like, that's not – it's, you know, it's Thursday. So, in the wings, when someone scored, he said the word Milwaukee instead of, like, goal. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Just that. Yeah, I don't know. Blowing out so of confusing. whatever. Yeah. Plus, I'm not adapted to listening to sports on the radio because I didn't grow up doing that. So, it's weird. Sometimes it's hard to follow, especially when there are a bunch of drunk people yelling in your ear. Yeah, it's you have to pay attention to it a lot more. Yeah. Um, Wayne Gretzky said his dad always told him to. Well, he only needed to tell him once, I guess, right? <laughs> um, but he would sit down with the uh, hockey board, like a white erase board with the rink on it. And look at it while he listened to the radio. Oh, like draw and the play out? No, no, no. He would just look at the rink. Oh, because it gave his mind's eye the ability when right. they said coming up the left wall could visualize to know exactly it. where this person was. That's and cool. That's really smart, you know. That is a good idea. But would you be able to do that with a bunch of people barking in the background and you're already no. a couple of deep and all that stuff? No, that's not going to happen. But in the future, you know. Do that. I'll, I'll bring one to the cabin. I'm having to hit this goddamn mute button. <laughs> what is going on, man? Just you told me I clear my throat too much. Apparently, <laughs> so you do. Now I'm going to do it to where you can't hear it, but I then talk about it. Right. Let you know why you can't hear me. Well, now so you're going to be like hyper aware of how much you do one. clear your throat. I'm clearly. <laughs> Clearly hyper aware about clearing. Dan yeah. Cleary over here. That's me. There Dan is one for Cleary. The yeah. But anyway, Charlie Coyle, just had to say this, has a green LX2 Pro. And that. Really? Pretty sweet. Yep. <laughs> Gotta say. So um, I was thinking with uh, Veterans Day is coming up. And we won't have one of these that day. We won't be talking the day it happens. So what is that going to be Saturday? Of this? Um, <clears throat> That's the 11th. So for those of you who don't know, the reason we have Veterans Day on the 11th of November is because the First World War ended at 11 a.m. on the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918. That was their agreement for an armistice. So they just stopped shooting at each other, although people shot at each other up to the last minute, which is brutal. Like, <laughs> how do you so be the weird. last guy to die? You know, yeah, it's a, it's very weird. It's, it's very weird. Um, but throughout the years, um, in spite of the fact that it seems pro sports always get some sort of reprieve from like a draft, not that we've had a draft in a long time, but nonetheless, 
players, certain players have, you know, gone off and uh, done what they thought was their duty. Um, and it got me thinking about Hobie Baker. Yeah. yeah. Hobart Amory Hare Baker. That's wow, his full name. what a name. Yeah, right? Yeah. So Hobie was born in the late 1800s with a silver spoon all the way up his ass, <laughs> right? Just uh, had everything given to him. But um, when you went to Princeton or the like in those days, that's kind of what was expected. I mean, it, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? When you right. were born in 1892 and you went to an Ivy League school. Well, there wasn't a lot of love in the American zeitgeist for hockey at the time. And this guy was legitimately the first bona fide superstar in the eyes and hearts and minds of American sports fans. So without Hobie Baker's brief yet iconic and volcanic and astronomic and uh, you know, every stupid adjective you could think of um, addition and, you know, just, just what he gave to sports in general um, without that, without him, I don't know how well the NHL having more than half of its teams in the States would have taken off, you know? So this guy was, he was really needed. I mean, nobody, had ever seen a player like him. Uh, he also was a, a multi-sport dude. Um, triathlon things, running, swimming. People said that he swam through the water like a machine. Um, huh. He playing football for Princeton. Um, even back then, they still wore some form of pads and helmets. Like yeah, football but... was such a violent sport. At one time, put it this way. Football was so violent that... Teddy Roosevelt was awarded and praised as like a peacemaker for writing this big dissertation on the American game of football and how it was too violent and how it should be calmed down a bit. And this wow. guy was like a monster, a warmonger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I like Teddy Roosevelt. I really do. But I mean, yeah. the idea that he was like some peaceful guy, he, it's really like a caveat or not caveat, but uh, a little side note here. Um, it was his work on football that got people to think during the Russo Japanese war in 1905, that he would be a good mediator to bring that <laughs> war to an end. <laughs> so for a guy who is known for just, you know, wanting to play toy soldier from the time he was little, uh, he had some two really weird feathers in his hat when it came to being a peacekeeper. And one of them was for football. Well, anyway, for football being, you know, needing pads and all that, Hobie Baker didn't wear a helmet or any pads when he played football. For That's Princeton. crazy. Yeah. And th they said that he had like, 900 punt returns in his three or four what? years playing there. <laughs> Just astronomical numbers, dude. 
Um, they never lost to Yale, which to them is a huge, big, important thing. Yeah. Um, but in hockey, especially, not only his grace and his play, he was one of the first people apparently to do all of it without looking down at the puck. And then that kind of became, uh-huh. I mean, it had to become the norm, right? But no one right. had seen that before. Um, he actually filed down the blades of his skates to where they looked like hockey blades look today with the Uh, rounded sort of, what would you call that? A bevel, the radius, the radius on toe and heel. Yeah. They used to just be like the straight blade with the fricking pick at the front. Right. You know, there wasn't much difference between uh, one ice skate skate. and another ice skate or a figure skate even, you know? So he did, he had a radius and, you know, with him having that and no one else having it, plus his insane athletic ability, he could skate in ways no one had ever seen before. Skate circles around people, transition forward to backwards, do little stutter steps, everything like that. So, I mean, the guy was just a master to the point where the marquee at the Princeton rink, well, they didn't have a Princeton rink, actually. They had to play somewhere in New York. Uh, but the marquee would, it said, Hobie Baker plays tonight. Or Hobie <laughs> plays here tonight. And he was so humble, he pleaded with whomever was responsible for Please that take to that take down. it down. You know, he was quoted as saying things like, oh, what would you want to, what would you want me to write about you after a game like today? And he would say, like, with all due respect, sir, I'd rather you write nothing. You know, for whatever reason, well, you know, it's probably his, his upbringing. Right. I mean, one of his ancestors was like an original Quaker in Pennsylvania, you know. So he would go into the visitors' locker rooms after games and shake all the players' hands, which is regarded as the reason we do shake hands lineup, after games yeah. during hockey, right? Wow. So he started a lot of different traditions in the game of hockey. He sure did. And, um, (laughs) you know, um, going F. Scott Fitzgerald famously was at Princeton um, younger, a bit younger than Hobie was. But he described him, F. Scott described Hobie Baker as, quote, an ideal worthy of everything in my enthusiastic admiration, yet consummated and expressed in a human being who stood within 10 feet of me. Wow. Some high praise. Yeah, quite the high praise. Um, so they didn't take um, stats. They didn't keep stats right. in that time. Um, but one of Baker's biographers, which may be his only biographer, there's not a whole ton of stuff known about this guy. Um said that within the three years he played at Princeton on the hockey team, he had 120 goals and 100 assists, which comes out Jesus. to like six points a game, I think. <laughs> My math's not great. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he was that type of player. And I mean, the crowds were, they were just absolutely roaring when he played, when he skated up the ice with the puck. It was just like nothing anyone had ever seen. 
And a lot of that probably, yeah, because these are American fans. You right. know, this is before the advent of the NHL. There are pro teams out there. They're still new to it. Not totally. Right. Uh... And, you know, this was also during a time when the elitist blue blood had <laughs> hockey in their hands. You know, this was a very Victorian court still. Uh, and um, one of the things that was really looked down upon was professionalism. And at the time, I, like all that meant was, ex- you know, receiving uh, remuneration for your play. Right. You know, um, I think. Yeah, they really well, wanted it know, to just be an amateur league. Right. Because, well, they didn't need money. They right. had whatever the equivalent of trust funds and shit were back then. Because, you know, they're. Dad was a rich, his dad was a rich uh, upholsterer, so owned a series of upholstery factories and whatnot. And his mother was a socialite. That was the only thing I could find on the folks. Hmm. Uh, But he clearly had enough money. So it's easier for someone to feel that way about amateurism in sport and, you know, the sacred uh, oath that one upholds to never accept any money. That's so wild. And just in the spirit of the game, in the spirit of athleticism and sportsmanship. Well, he upheld that entirely. And it's, you know, now they say that it's the idea that you will never pay your college athletes, maybe that's a sneaky little move to name the MVP right. award after Hobie, you know, because it's like, ah, look at he up, you know, he stood up for this type of thing. He's um, why you're so, not getting paid. He's why you're not getting paid. <laughs> and if your coach bought you some tacos, you know, he could get fired and you could right. get suspended because this is not what we do. We are highly professional amateurs. <laughs> so Hobie, <laughs> right? Um, Hobie w- would not have any part in playing pro. Now, that led to an ultimate issue, though. Because eventually he graduated from Princeton and he told a friend, uh, I realize that my life is finished. No matter how long I live, I will never equal the excitement of playing on the football fields. Um, He did play a little bit of amateur hockey um, at some, a team called St. Nick's in uh, New York. Uh Um, But you know, this was the rise of pro hockey. In fact, this was past the rise of pro hockey. Um, 1917 saw, you know, the NHL come about in spite of the fact that, you know, Canada had been in World War One for, what, three years now? Yeah. And uh, America was just joining. So, you know, you want to play hockey? You don't want to get paid for it? That's a real that puts you in a real weird predicament because now a person of your stature is either going to get poached and poached and poached or you're to the point where everyone knows your reputation. They're just going to leave you alone. Right. Everyone knows Hobie ba- Baker is off limits. So at this point in time, he was like 25. I mean, real weird. primo stuff. He could have set all these records for an American skater way earlier than any other American players did. Um. But like a lot of socialites, uh, kids in that time period, especially because that war broke out, because it really was the last 
the last war, the last conflict that you saw a lot of rich, influential, famous people's children fight and mm-hmm. in a lot of cases get wounded and killed. Um, but it was the uh, the blue blood silver spoon thing to do to join the flying corps. Right. In World War One, that was a very fashionable thing. Um, not because it was any less dangerous. It really, really wasn't. I mean, the life expectancy of a pilot was two weeks. Well, and, and you, you see might... the, the planes they were flying around with were made of toothpicks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Paper and toothpicks. Yeah. <laughs> Paper so, I mean, they, call, they call them flying coffins. They, uh, you know, nicknames for them, giddy nicknames for them were kites. <laughs> So if you're, you know, if you got strafed with machine gun fire and you're you're going down, say that, you you know, the Hun did a fair job of stitching up the old kite today, eh? (laughs) that type of thing. Um, But uh, Hobie longing for the excitement of playing collegiate sports, um, even jumped the gun. I I think I I heard it somewhere and then I tried to look it up and I couldn't find it. but I would assume it would be the French or the English or even the Canadians um, who he, whose forces he would join before he could join the U.S. Uh, forces, right? Because we didn't have anybody over there yet. Um, but he started flying. Uh, he was you know, pretty much a bona fide oh. ace, uh, had, you know, over three within a short period of time, had three confirmed kills which it's not easy to shoot people out of the sky in those planes at all. Right. But he used his agility. I mean, that's a lot of um, athletes who went to war, did that type, you know, uh, Ted Williams comes to mind. Ted Williams of uh, Boston Red Sox fame um, flew planes in world war two and Korea. And oh, wow was a total ace. So, you know, you get on the field, you get on the ice, you're going to be good in a plane. Right. Most likely. But um, going back to Hobie's uh, fear and loathing of the humdrum of post-collegiate life. Now that you've experienced war, I don't think he did himself a favor there. No, because now you're you're, where do you go next? You're really going to know. Right. You're not going to feel that way again. Yeah. And going home to play hockey, even if he did, was not going to live up to that. So surviving the war, um, getting his discharge papers after winning, like, uh, I forget what American medal, but he won the Quad de Guerre, which is like the highest medal the French can give oh, in the wow. military. <clears throat> um, he insisted on test piloting an old plane that was like refurbished and you know it's all muddled in mystery and i'm sure there's a lot of hearsay and added things but basically everyone around him said there's no reason for you to do that like you're going home today you know somebody else can test this plane but in his eyes it was well this plane needs to be tested so it can recirculated into action. Why wouldn't I do it? So someone's got to do it. It's my duty. I'll do it. Well, about a quarter mile into his flight, the engine gave out entirely. And uh, he nose dove into, you know, the soil of a French field. And uh, they say he died a little bit later in the 
in the ambulance wow. on the way to the field hospital. <clears throat> so, uh, 26-year-old Hobie Baker was dead in 1917. Uh, and, yeah, that man, he didn't have to come back to Almost, it was a boring life I, of working in a bank. Yeah, and that's, I wonder if, you know, it's his last day going home. He probably had his trepidation about what the hell do I do next? It's like, here's an opportunity that has about a 50-50 chance of working out. I'm going to do it because right. regardless of the outcome, I'm cool with it. Like, what else am I going to do? Yeah, I, it's either the last a bit of real crazy adrenaline driven fun where I'm going to deliberately pilot a plane that doesn't work. Right. <laughs> and that's why I have to test it out in the first or place. Or I'm going to go home and deal with it anyway. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. So, so like, that, yeah, uh, probably... it's, it's, it's very muddy. It's very mailed veiled rather in mystery, whether or not his death was an accident. Right. Um, and ever since, uh, we've got um, a famous over 100-year-old now ice rink uh, in either New York or Pennsylvania, forgive me, uh, named after Hobie Baker. But much as he would want it, the only indicator that it's called that is like on one keystone on the building, and it's just nice. engraved. It's not filled mm -hmm. in with color or anything, so you'd really have to see it. Um, obviously, the uh, MVP in the NCAA collegiate hockey, men's hockey, yeah. uh, the that trophy is named after him. That's the Hobie Baker Award, um, which a lot of famous hockey players who are currently playing and previously playing, currently playing, I believe, uh, just to name a few, Kale McCarr. Johnny Goudreau, previous uh, Chris Drury, uh, Neil Broughton, you know, someone wins it every year, but some of those guys really go on to have great careers. Um, and it's about sportsmanship. It's about, you know, you, you don't take too many penalties if you're going to get that thing. Uh, Hobie Baker had one penalty he ever took in his entire collegiate <laughs> career. And apparently the referee after the game apologized to him. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. Start to ruin your record. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And um, the the last little tidbit about Hobie, uh, I think it was 1975. Wait, when did the end? All right, when whenever the uh, hockey Hall of Fame was it? You know, opened. Right. Um. Hobie was on the first ballot, even though he had been dead for decades. And he never actually played in the NHL. Well, didn't, didn't have to be the NHL, I suppose. But okay, I think everyone yeah. else was like an NHL figure at that right. time. Um, but he was, yeah, one of nine entries into it upon it opening. And he was the only American. Wow. Oh yeah, 1943. Thank you. Oh, so okay. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you know, when when that opened, Hobie was uh, first ballot. Very cool. And um, as yeah. he should be, should have been. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I'm sure I'm forgetting some stuff about Mr. Baker. But uh, I'm sure he'll forgive you for that. Read a fucking book. (laughs) Or Wikipedia. Right. That one's easier. Wikipedia is good. Yeah. Wikipedia is free. Even when they're asking you to donate, you know, scroll right past that. Like, I'm entitled to this. I shouldn't have to pay for it. The best thing on Wikipedia that you can read is the part where it says, see something wrong? Change it. Yeah, here there you, you go. go. You can rewrite oh, this you entire can... story. Speaking of rewriting it, one thing you could put on Wikipedia: Bobby Baker is the only person in the Collegiate Football Hall of Fame and the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, the only one. The only one. That's pretty crazy, actually. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'll show you crazy. <laughs> That's a, that's a good story. I didn't know most of that. So, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I thought we thanks. ended on crazy. We're still no. talking. All right, dump it. <laughs> oh, he found it. All right. That's what you should do at the end of this. Right. Just fade out. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you?